0: Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty and cosmetic enhancement. Tim Brown is Australia's leading Vedic meditation teacher and he's a sought-after teacher and mentor to captains of industry, TV personalities, elite athletes, including the current Wallabies and Australian cricket team members. Meditation, a universally recognized biohacking tool, can be used from early childhood to help reduce stress, improve brain function, and significantly impact the body's response to trauma. There is also significant evidence that meditation can reverse age-related symptoms. Tim believes that the ancient practice of meditation is now more than ever a valuable, if not essential tool for everyone in this age of high stimulation, travel and technology to use. To be able to defrag mentally, physically and emotionally is a critical skill and it can be done anywhere in a short period of time and with few, if any, prerequisites. Tim has taught more than 6,000 people to meditate for over 20 years of dedicated teaching and has seen his clients become empowered by the clarity, inspiration, improved function and even beauty that comes from their daily meditation practice. Tim and I go way back. I first met Tim at Red Hill Primary School in Canberra when we were both 10 years old. His personal journey is inspirational, and the science behind the multitude of benefits from regular meditation is irrefutable. In this episode, Tim Brown details the physiological impacts on our bodies from internal and external stress, and how meditation impacts the behavior of ourselves. Tim artfully explains how meditation can bring our bodies into a state of well being, increased cellular vigor, reducing the cortisol effects, and even impacting gut and skin health. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Tim Brown. I'm so delighted to introduce you to Tim Brown, Australia's foremost meditation expert. And we have a fun and interesting background story, Tim. Welcome to the show, Ageless by Rescue.
1: Thanks, Baha. It's so nice to uh, be there and We've known each other for 37 years now, I think you were just saying, and um, you know, we went to primary school in Canberra all those years ago. So to sit here with you today is, is just amazing.
0: I think it's really interesting. Um, it always reminds me of that incredible saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know our friendship as you said dates back to when we were 10 years old we were in year 4 year 5 year 6 or something like that together and um and you know then you you had a sports career yeah and in in that time you discovered that healing and reinvention and rejuvenation is more than just a physical commitment yeah. so i'd love for you to share with us little bit about your background and then I'm going to ask you some questions about the mind-body connection how meditation is truly a cornerstone of rejuvenation and agelessness that we need to consider adding to our basket of tools.
1: Absolutely yeah so you know you and I were in Canberra in the in the mid-80s and uh, and then um, I went off to came to school here in Sydney and Played a lot of rugby, uh, got right into my rugby as a, in, in my teenage years, and that was really my focus. Uh, meditation was so far from my interest, it was not vaguely on my radar. Um, went to university and studied agricultural economics and ended up living in Uzbekistan in the former Soviet, just uh, on the Afghan border for, a, a, for three years, um, involved in growing cotton, actually, in the former Soviet. And uh, so I did that for a few years, and the pressure of the, that and the demands of that um, had a huge impact on me. I came back to Australia. It's kind of time to settle down, you know, grow up, get a job, all those kinds of things, you know, start being responsible. And the pressures of that um, really uh, took its toll on me. And, uh, and I found myself kind of um, the, the stress and the pressure and the tension of that and the impact of that. And, Um, I was really wrestling with that. I was probably drinking too much and doing other naughty things in my 20s um, or researching a few other methods to feeling relaxed and at ease, I think, as we all did in those days. (laughs) And um, I was very fortunate to be introduced to my teacher, a guy called Tom Knowles.
0: Who I also Uh, know, which is really interesting, because when we tic-tac-toe our history, it's not just that we've known each other, but... I know uh, your teacher, Tom Knowles. I met him through one of my mentors, John McGrath, and Tom yes. was John's meditation teacher, and, and John really believes in meditation as, as part of his ability to, you know, grow and think and expand his mind. And then Tom was your teacher. Yes. And his That's teacher was the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi who. That's right. That's
1: Maharishi Mahesh Yogi there. Yeah. That's Tom, um, my teacher just there. And uh, yeah, it's amazing how we've how we've intertwined uh, and crossed paths um, over the years. Um, yes, and John McGrath was learnt with Tom uh, right back at the beginning of his uh, career when the pressures of that were incredibly intense in developing his um, uh, real estate business. I'm, um, I'm
0: going to just t- pick up on something that you just said. It's it's about your coming to meditation yes, and yes. other very successful people that you work with because your specialty um, and not that, you know, one person is different to another, but you, you do, you have taught a lot of, um, you know, well-known people, celebrities, yes. um, CEOs, and it's almost like you're the last stop before <laughs> falling off a cliff or you're the first um, person, first responder and um, when they have fallen off the cliff and uh, I want to talk about how we don't have to wait to fall off the cliff and we've had this conversation yeah. before
1: yeah look I've taught over 6,000 people to meditate now over the last 20 years I've been teaching Vedic meditation here in Sydney for that period of time uh, I taught I taught my three kids to meditate at four years of age uh, they're now 15 16 and 17 I uh, teach a lot of kids uh, to meditate and mums and dads and kids and corporates and creatives and um, elite sports. I work with the Wallabies, uh, members of the Australian cricket team, AFL, men and women's, um, golfers, tennis players at elite levels, Olympians. It's um, interesting
0: you say sports stars because one of the big, you know, to me, meditation falls into the basket of biohacking. Uh, yes. which is kind of a fancy word for, you know, the mind-body connection, understanding how your physiology and your neurology works to maximize your human performance. And a lot of biohacking starts started and gained momentum in the sports medicine field. So it's really yeah. interesting that you've worked with elite athletes and you were an athlete and and so you've you've kind of come to the mind body connection via a pathway of that's very body. Can I ask you, in that mind body connection work yeah. that you've done, is meditation brought in as a healing modality, or is it a neurological modality that um, where meditation is brought in by the sports, uh, you know, the crew that, that support? Those elite athletes.
1: Yeah. So, firstly, um, referring to me as an athlete, I think might be a stretch. <laughs> Let's. I think we should clear that up first. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, um, but uh, you know, secondarily, uh, I think you know the pressures, and I've worked with elite athletes. The pressures on them these days, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, you know, and then you add on, you know, the social media and the pressure and the you know the interest. It's an enormous undertaking, um, you know, for for anyone, and often young, you know, people at their elite at their at their elite level are often very young and not necessarily necessarily have a lot of life experience generally. And thrown into the spotlight, it's an enormous pressure. We all kind of look at it from the outside and think it all looks very glamorous. It's incredibly challenging. Um, so, so, where I, where do
0: they bring you in? Is it for healing, yeah. or is it for the? Emotion, the ability to manage um, the stress and the pressure.
1: All all different sides. I mean, I've worked with a number of uh, uh, rugby players and rugby league players in around concussion. Um, That's a real issue Um, uh, because the accumulator. It's not necessarily a concussive event, but it's it's uh, the the rigors of being physically battered <laughs> week in, week out, week in, week out. So is you know, that like a is.
0: trauma response? Is that is that what no, happens in the body?
1: Exactly right. And I've seen all kinds of things referred to as, you know, um, I've had uh, young athletes like that coming to me and they're just not able to operate at the same levels that they were. And there's no specific event, there's no specific, but it's actually just the, the, the accumulation of stress, tension, and fatigue in the mind and body over time. And whether we're an elite elite athlete or being a mum or a dad or whatever, that's really the issue that I've seen over the years. It's not necessarily one particular event. It's that accumulation of stress and tension and fatigue over time. That's the thief in the night. And uh, we don't really, it's a bit like the credit card, you know, it's a bit like, you know, $50 here, $80 there, $100 there, you know, like this, they're not big transactions, but then we get the bill in the mail. You know, and all of a sudden we get the $5,000 credit card bill. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, this can't be right. I'm ringing the bank. They've made a mistake. (laughs) And, uh, of course, the response is, Mr. Brown, I'll send you through the itemised version of that. You know, and there's lunch and there's the shoes and there's the this and there's the that.
0: And And so in a a physiological and a life respect, the debits are breakups, trauma, childhood uh, issues, physiological um, deterioration, poor health, those are all the debits and then they add up.
1: They're all the debits and it's even the smaller part of that. You know, I was watching a TED Talk the other day. It was one of the world's leading neuroscientists and he was saying someone living in a city anywhere in the world in 2020, 2021, is being exposed to the same levels of stimulus in one day that someone 200 years ago, which in the scheme of human brain and nervous system development is just blink of an eye, it's nothing, 200 years is nothing, um, would have been exposed to in their whole lifetime. Um, you know, when you and I were kids in Canberra at, at primary school, no such thing as the internet. You know, mobile phones, technology, computers, none of this existed mm. 25 years ago.
0: Mm. And, I, so, I, and I consider myself young. You know, I still view myself as youthful, but you're right. Like it wasn't long ago that all of this additional stimulus came into our lives and is in our kids' lives and is distracting and kind of breaking down the fibre of our, you know, health and vitality.
1: Absolutely. And this is something that people forget. You know, when I went travelling and went to live overseas in 1996, none of us had a mobile phone, no one had an email address, we were still sending postcards back to our parents in 1996. It's 25 years ago. This is, in the scheme of human brain and nervous system develop, development, this is a blink of an eye. It's not even a blink of an eye. Um, the third law of thermodynamics says that as you excite or overstimulate any system, it will naturally move towards a state of disorder and chaos. Mm-hmm. The opposite of that is also true, which is as you de-excite any system, it will naturally move towards a state of order. So the qualities of an orderly conscious or neurophysiological state are clarity, creativity, energy, joyfulness, intelligence, and prints out as physical well-being. As you, that's as you, as you de-excite, a, 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 an orderly conscious state will print out that way mentally, physically, and emotionally. As you stimulate, and in fact, in these times in which the stimulus is just off the charts, and again, has happened in such a short period of time, then the accumulation of stress, tension, and fatigue in the mind and body will create overstimulation, which will move towards a state of disorder. And disorder presents in the mental, physical, and emotional state as a lack of clarity, lack of creativity, lack of energy, lethargy, lack of joyfulness, lack of intelligence. And physical lack of ease, which, if unchecked and unaddressed, will become dis ease or aging, accelerated aging. It's. Uh, I want
0: to. I want to pick up on, on both those aspects because yeah. when I speak to anti aging experts, we always talk about youth markers, and you've touched on the neurological and the. Uh, emotional markers of youth which are you uh, which are joyfulness creativity clarity energy I would add uh, sexual energy to that as well because those are Absolutely. all kind of youth markers and yes. then you talked about the physiological markers of youth which are also energy vitality uh, plumpness of skin, uh, you know, a normal organ function, uh, an, an absence of disease, and aging yes. is disease. disease. Um, so, I want to talk about. Let's talk about the physiological, and then go back to the neurological. What are some of the benefits? and the cause and effect element that meditation can help with on a physiological aging paradigm. So what are the things that can, you know, slow down things like going grey, losing hair, skin uh, disorders like eczema, uh, rosacea, wrinkling, um, loss of hydration. What are some of the things, what are the connections between meditation as a, as a regular practice and physiological aging because people That's love a benefit once you attach something to a benefit that people are seeking suddenly meditation every day is not so hard
1: absolutely you know because it, it takes time so you want to it's got it it's got to deliver otherwise why do it right it needs to be very very tangible um and i think it's a great question very interestingly, um, it's been very well documented that the first three things the body will start to deactivate as stress, tension, fatigue gently builds in the mind and body. And again, it doesn't need to necessarily be anything traumatic, although trauma and big events, you know, will accelerate that process, but just the rigors of day-to-day life living in the world that we are living in, where that escalation and demand has happened so quickly, just that then you add trauma and extraordinary situations like where operating in now with COVID, Um, what that does is as that stress, tension, fatigue builds, the first three things the body will start to deactivate, uh, well-noted and well-documented, are the digestive system will start to shut down, the reproductive system and hormone balancing will deactivate, and the memory centre of the brain. They're the first three areas that as a simple resource management issue, There's a hierarchy of needs in the nervous system. Breathing's fairly important. You know, heartbeat's fairly critical. You know, and then certain organs. There's a hierarchy of needs. And so what happens is as stress, tension, fatigue builds, energy depletes in the nervous system, the floor starts to come up and things, functionality starts to drop off off the list. So the body says these things are absolutely key and critical. Uh, these things are, you know, important, but not as critical. So if energy is depleting in the nervous system, then the nervous system simply as a resource management sh- issue says, don't worry about these things, particularly digestion, uh, uh, hormone balancing um, and reproductive system and the memory centre of the brain. It says, don't worry about those. We'll get back to those later. We're focusing on these things, uh, we're in the flight fight response. And in that flight fight response, the body produces adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, coagulants, um, antibacterial production, and uh, oxygenation of muscles. They're the key things if we're running and fighting for our life. Digesting anything, reproducing, hormone balancing, and remembering anything from the past are completely redundant. Wow. And the body will take the energy out of those areas, reallocate it into these key critical areas. Now, that's very handy if you're being chased by a bear, not very handy <laughs> if you're trying to relate to people and deal with kids and work and be creative. And that's what we're finding is people are getting caught in the flight fight response and it just creeps up on them. I call it frog in the potty. You would have heard that dreadful experiment where they yeah. throw the frog in the pot, in the hot water, hot, the, the frog jumps out. They then cool the water down, pop the frog in, and then turn the temperature up generally. And the frog just sits and boils in the pot. It's a horrible thing. But, you know, this is what we're seeing is that there's a lot of what I call frog in the potting going on out there. And that incremental, we just functionality falls off the edge and people standardize and normalize that. Mm. Now, all skin issues come out of the gut. We know that. Eczema, psoriasis, uh, accelerated aging, all of those kinds of things come out of the gut. The skin is a reflection of gut health.
0: It's the biggest organ, um, so absolutely, yes.
1: It's our interface with the world. It's the biggest organ in the interface of the world, and it's directly correlated to the gut. Now, stress builds, body shuts down the digestive system. What it will often do is flush with acid um, because the body, if it's in the flight-fight response, it's get everything out of the gut because you need to be nimble and quick to get away from that bear. Um, And so now the gut goes acidic um, and that creates all kinds of gut issues and leaky gut, um, IBS, all these things, huge issues around alert allergies, all of that comes around and is a function of the gut not being attended to. Now, you can drink spring water and eat organic. If your body has shut down the digestive system because it's saying it's not, I haven't got the energy to attend to that functionality, then you can do whatever. You can put all the supplements you like in, but if that body is not activating that area, um, it's not going to make much difference. We've got to get the body opening up its repertoire again. And this is where meditation comes into play. If we can start to settle the mind, relax the body, the nervous system turns off the adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, turns on the serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, all that high-grade well-being healing chemistry, the nervous system comes out of the flight fight response and into what we call the stay and play response.
0: I love the Otherwise, stay and
1: play response. Here to play. play.
0: Here to stay, stay and play, Jim.
1: Stay and play, stay and play. Uh, the other term we give this is rest and digest. You know, and when the minor body is in that modality, it turns back, turns the digestive system back on, turns reproductive system back on, turns memory center back on so many issues around gut around uh hormone imbalances and uh reproductive issues i do a lot of work with women and men um, that are having issues with um, fertility i do an enormous amount of work in that area we've had some amazing results there you know once and they've used the the medical system which is so wonderful and checked out the plumbing all the plumbing is good yeah. And if people aren't then you know, having or they're still having issues with fertility, more often than not it's stress because the body has shut down the reproductive say, system saying it's not safe to bring, you know, life into the world. And so the body will shut down the digestive, uh, the reproductive system. Um, we're seeing enormous issues with Alzheimer's and dementia. That's very simply lock the body in the flight-fight response for extended periods of time, the memory centre of the brain gets deactivated. And we've got people that are fully functioning, their organs fully functioning, everything, and they have got no idea who they are. And this is dementia and Alzheimer's.
0: Which is um, aging.
1: Which is accelerated which is aging. Big,
0: absolutely. You know, there's there's that saying, you get the face that you deserve. And yeah. um, it's, it's kind of a cruel saying, but it's interesting in light of this conversation because I do believe that we wear our memories our experiences our traumas our joys um, on our face on our on our skin and i do believe that trauma is trapped in the body and and it could be anywhere in your body and you've Mm -hmm. seen people who've had something terrible happen or a shock and you know the the whole concept of going gray overnight or that sudden like accelerated aging. And then similarly, you see people who've, you know, had an incredibly unhealthy lifestyle. They've, you know, been uh, partying, drinking, lots of cocaine, and uh, which is, you know, really quite a symptomatic um, aspect of life uh, in the fast lane. And then that same person will go away uh, either, you know, go into rehab or a 12-step or literally just unplug from that lifestyle and go back to basics and introduce, you know, meditation, healing modalities, and they literally come out looking like they've gone to the mountain and seen the burning bush. Like they, they de-age. It's possible. It's possible.
1: The body is a printout of consciousness. It is literally a facsimile of consciousness, just like you type something on a computer and then you hit print, and a facsimile of what's on the screen comes out of the printer. This physical body is literally a printout of consciousness. This is the view of the the Vedic worldview, the the knowledge base from which this comes, the technique, the meditation that I teach. The body is literally a printout of consciousness. And, you know, I think back to skin, it's a very interesting one. Um, we all know that when someone gets a fright, if you frighten someone, they go white. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is they, the body goes into the flight-fight response. The first thing, one of the other things the body will do is it will retract blood from the outer capillaries of the skin so that if we get cut in running and fighting, that we don't bleed to death. Um, and so this is why someone goes white when, when they get a fright. Now, when we're loading this stress, tension and fatigue gently like that, what the body will do is it will draw the blood away from the outer capillaries of the skin. And what happens is then those outer layers of the skin don't get nourished. All the blood and nutrients and minerals and all of that doesn't get to the outer layer of the skin, and this will cause accelerated physical aging. Um, and it's also where eczema, psoriasis and all those things because those outer layers aren't getting that, all that lovely nutrients and so the bacteria on the on the skin gets a hole. It's not being addressed by those inner nutrients. So this is what we see. And in fact, we've seen it in meditators is when people meditate, they relax. That that blood will come back to the outer capillary of their skin. And, and you quite often meditators have a rosy look about them. I, uh, absolutely. On, a more, on a more extreme uh, level. And, and they don't one of the effects of that is that they They look younger than their years. As you and I both know, there's biological age and there's chronological age. Someone can be chronologically, you know, 40. They've gone around the sun 40 times, but they can have a biological age of 25 or 55. Um, So those two things are completely independent. We've all got a a, a chronological age and a biological age, and those two things can be completely different.
0: Tim, one of the um, things that I find really fascinating and I've experimented this on myself, I learned meditation um, when I was 17, just before I turned 18. My father has been meditating since his 20s when he lived in France and he was doing his master's and PhD in a language he didn't know and had an enormous amount of pressure and stress and someone introduced him to transcendental meditation, which is like Vedic meditation, mantra based. And he has been meditating you know for 50 odd years and before I turned 18 um he took me to in Canberra to learn yeah. uh, meditation and I was given a mantra and just yeah. shortly before my 18th birthday I had my first surgical procedure which was rhinoplasty a nose job um, yeah. purely for vanity and um I was in hospital, and I don't know if you know anything about nose jobs, but one of the kind of after effects is massive bruising and swelling, massive. Like no one gets out of this alive. Yeah. And my dad said to me, you know what, really good time for you to meditate. Meditation is amazing for healing. And I meditated twice a day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. I think I was in hospital, I think, four days, Um, and then I came home with, you know, bandages and stuff. I did not get even a shadow of bruising, not a shadow of bruising under my eyes, not nothing, nothing. I also healed in what the doctor, the surgeon was astonished. He said, look, I know you're a young woman and your healing response is really good, but something is different about this. And the only thing that I could put it, the only thing I could put it down to is that I was meditating. Before the surgery, while I was in hospital, um, recovering. And then when I went home yeah, and it was extraordinary. And then another experience I had with that is when I was pregnant with my daughter, uh, I had a condition called placenta previa, which is low lying placenta. So I was literally bleeding to death and I was hospitalized and, uh, and bed bound for seven weeks before she was born. And in the end I ended up having Uh, emergency cesarean but Mm. again because I was in hospital and it was a dire dangerous situation I decided to go back to something that I knew worked in that scenario and I meditated twice a day from my hospital bed Mm. and I did even though I was just in the worst condition I was able to stabilize my heart rate and my baby's heart rate yes I was able to hold on until the emergency Caesar was at a safe enough stage that Lily's lungs and key organs had developed. When she was born, she didn't have to go to ICU and, you know, the babies regulate their heartbeat with the mother. Yes. I was using meditation as a tool to regulate my heartbeat and regulate her heartbeat. And my recovery from the caesarean, they say six weeks. Mine was 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the only thing I can put it down to is meditation. And still I gave it up. I still <laughs> <have to stay. laughs>
1: it's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's amazing and it, it's it's kind of amazing and miraculous at one level and actually so simple at another level. Body goes into trauma. You know, when the body's in that flight, fight and traumatic state, it trims its repertoire. When we relax the nervous system and open the nervous system up and meditation, Vedic meditation, we can access states of rest five times deeper than sleep. So 20 minutes meditation is equivalent to about three to four hours sleep, general sleep equivalent.
0: And good sleep? What what kind of sleep? Because
1: sometimes you have that. No, profoundly deep states of rest and relaxation. These these smartwatches that people are wearing these days have been such a boon to me over the last couple of years. People are walking in with pre-data on their wrist of sleep They start meditating, and you start seeing, you can actually see when someone meditates because they go into this profoundly deep state of rest and relaxation. And then, of course, if someone's meditating twice a day, they're getting an additional, literally six to eight hours additional rest and relaxation into their brain and body every day before they go to bed at night, which means they've rested and relaxed the body. They've done a lot of de stressing and processing and meditation. Therefore, the brain and body doesn't need to do it at night. Therefore, they start sleeping properly because the brain and body isn't having to do all that work at night. That's what all sleep disturbance is about. I would say over the last 20 years, 50, 60% of the people that have come to learn to meditate with me have had sleep disorder issues.
0: Which is the the worst for aging. Like it is the number one thing. If you want to look better, feel better, perform better, have your youth markers back, you need to sleep. And so if that's the one benefit of meditation,
1: We don't need we actually don't need sleep. We need rest and relaxation. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is at the moment, we're putting so much pressure on sleep to deliver that to us. Mm -hmm. And it's an unreasonable expectation with this added demand and dynamic that we're operating in, that the paradox is we need more rest and relaxation to process the experience that we're having, but we don't have time. So we've got to the question is how do we get that deep, deep rest and relaxation in a very short period of time? And that's why I call Vedic meditation uh, the, the formula one pit stop of meditation. It's in, you know, deep, profoundly deep rest and relaxation and then back into the dynamics. It's not about sitting around for hours on end. We don't have time for that. You know, we want to get that deep, deep rest and relaxation, turn the adrenals off, flood the body with serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, turn on the reactivate, the digestive system, the hormonal system all of that functionality, open up that repertoire. So it's doing all of the things the mind and body is designed to do. Stress, tension, fatigue build is the acceleration into ageing and lack of ease that will translate into dis-ease if we're not getting the rest and relaxation the brain and body needs to do what it's designed to do. Now, back to your experience, what you did with your uh, as you so elegantly put your nose job, Yeah, (laughs) Um, you know, what you did very quickly is you got your body out of the trauma experience because, you know, having surgery and all of that is, it's a trauma to the body. But what you did through meditation is you started to relax your body very quickly. It started running the blood back into those, the capillaries and all that outer, whereas most people go through trauma and then they just sit in the trauma. And so the body's still not back into the healing mode and that's where prolonged healing can take. Whereas when you started meditating, you started relaxing body out of trauma into the stay and play, uh, response body started letting the blood run out to the, those, those areas again. And so it, so it started taking the blood away, which is what bruise, bruising is the body. Your body started taking that, um, uh, blood away from that area. Uh, and started sending all that nutritious, you know, nutrition, oxygen-filled blood back to that area, which allowed the repair to happen quicker sooner rather than later. Um, You know, as a mother, uh, what happens is your priority is your brain, your breathing, your organ function, and then if there's enough energy, then this will then go to the baby. And this is a real issue during pregnancy because, you know, mother must run her own organs first. Uh, You and I right now, we've got six trillion things per second going on in our minds and body. There's a whole body replacement program underway as you and I are sitting here quietly now. Uh, If we were to meet in nine years' time, the only part of the body that you and I are sitting in today that would be in the room in nine years' time would be our teeth. Our whole body is physically replaced, at least one, every single cell in our body skeleton bones brain everything fully replaced every nine years think about that for a moment um so you know that's going on uh, during pregnancy and it
0: doesn't have to be a deteriorated version of it it can actually be an enhanced version and that's what i love about this whole concept of ageless is you don't have to subscribe that in 10 years time you'll be by bio- physiologically older you can actually Change the narrative of your cell regeneration.
1: 100%. And, and if that's your magic. If your digestive system is shut down, if, if stress is built in the system, your digestive system shut down, then as we're eating and absorbing, then the manufacturing that is the manufacturing area that's delivering the quality of the cell that replace as that cell replacement takes place with skin and bones and biochemicals. If we're stressed, then it delivers a low-grade building block, a replacement building block, building cell. That's what aging is. If we can be relaxed, at ease, the digestive system, then what happens is it delivers a high-grade building block as a replacement cell. And that's the whole basis of either accelerated or decelerated or even reversing of age. And that absolutely comes out of this is the thing. Stress, tension, fatigue builds, and it has these broad case reper, uh, repercussions. And we can start trying to address this oh, I've got to address the gut, and I've got to address the skin, I've got to address this, I've got to address it. it's just becomes overwhelming. But if we can actually relax the mind and body, process de stress, this incredible organism is designed to, to uh, do extraordinary things. And one of Murashi's famous sayings was, water the root and enjoy the fruit. And I love this saying, you know, he was saying, don't try and water the apple, the leaf, the twig, the branch. Don't do that. Don't try and do all of that. You know, water the root, address the fundamental and it will nourish every other aspect. And I love that. And so this is why we've got to get to that fundamental, relax the mind, settle the mind, relax the body, de-stress, process, out-of-flight fight, into stay and play and watch this incredible organism do what it's designed to do and of course then the ultimate response is we come from the inside out that's where beauty really comes from you know you know when you see someone that's got a relaxed, ease they shine you know and then let's come from the outside in as well you know come through the skin and you know put nice things on it and you know be good to it so we want to take the inside out and outside in approach that's the ultimate you know
0: what? One of the things I love about you and speaking to you, and uh, but and you know, uh, it's not a diss on other people, but to me, you seem a thoroughly modern voice in what is otherwise an esoteric field, and perhaps that's why there's been, a, you know, a hit or miss with meditation landing as a true pillar of agelessness vitality rejuvenation because it's yeah. kind of for for some people it's in that non scientific basket or non modern basket or you know uh, it's too up in the sky but you know you yeah you not, yeah, not you, no. you really land it for me and you you really um the way that you speak about it is, is really grounded. And I think that that's very appealing for a lot of people who may not have considered meditation. I want to talk, I want you to break down because we we keep alluding to it, but let's, what, what is Vedic meditation and how does it differ from guided meditation or other styles of meditation that people may have tried and not been able to stick to or tried and not really got a lot out of. And, is it a replacement or is it a conjunction to those kinds of practices too?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, just just back one little step and thank you for that lovely you know, uh, comment. And, and I really have tried to do that. That's really my thing is about making this very relevant and approachable. You know, if, if we're not, you know, if we're not sleeping properly or we're not able to be the person we want to be in our relationships, et cetera. Who cares about what else meditation does? Like, you know, it's got to deliver on that, you know. Those metrics.
0: Life. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And then, you know, if you want to explore the other things later, fine. But let's get to the fundamentals of this. You know, this day and age, we need more rest and relaxation to process. And if, if we're not getting that, then the rest of that's just completely redundant. So, you know. So I mean, from a totally
0: good. selfish point of view, like this, this episode, more than anything else, it's about what is the ultimate hack to a perfect glow up? And me- it's meditation because it's engaging your body to do its thing.
1: It's designed to do it. It's the and you know we're going inside out. You know it's the inside out job. Uh, we're coming inside out and then meet it with the outside in. You know you know put nice things on all that. Meet that inside out outside in. That's where that's where the magic happens. And what, tend, what people often do is they either do the inside out only or the outside in only, and that's only ever going to deliver limited results. You know, it's when we bring that inside out and outside in, that's where the magic is. So you happens. can
0: have your Botox and you can have your kale juice, but don't forget to meditate.
1: That's right, you know, and, you know, all of those I like things, all, of, all
0: of these things, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and, you know, that's what I love about this kind of knowledge. It's not judgmental at all. You know, let's there's a lovely saying in this tradition which is when faced with a choice always choose both
0: <laughs> <I like laughs> and that.
1: Um, uh, you know uh, expansive thinking is always inclusive not exclusive
0: absolutely you
1: know consciousness like gets it. constricted, and and we limit ourselves expansive consciousness is inclusive of everything and that's a much higher state um so uh, just and just on a point, you know, the reason um, that I'm here, I mean, I'm not based in Byron Bay. I'm not up in the Blue Mountains. I'm here in Paddington opposite, you know, I deliberately set up my centre opposite the pub in Paddington because I wanted to show people that you could do this right in the thick of life. Um, and I did that very, very deliberately 20 years ago um, because I didn't want to be someone floating around in Byron Bay. It's a lovely place to be. Um, You know, and so are the Blue Mountains and elsewhere. But I wanted to show people you could be right in the thick of it. But
0: I think we've all got a bit of Bali, Byron, Bondi in us. And equally, we've got New York, Sydney, London in us. And I think that, you know, there's no, as you said, there's no judgment because meditation isn't about who you are or where you are. It's about what you want to, what the outcome to be
1: we want to, you know, the ultimate goal of meditation is to be able to enjoy stillness in the storm. That's the ultimate goal of meditation. Stillness, to be able to enjoy an inner still state while fully engaged in dynamic activity, you know, right in the thick of life, emerged, exploring the full spectrum of emotion, mental, physical, and emotional capability. That's the ultimate goal. Um, and that's what we're looking to be able to do is, is and to answer your question, your second question is, how is this different? Um, if you think of the mind, top of the mind, very busy, wavy, active level of the mind, thinking, planning, projecting, worrying, scenario building, we spend a lot of time up here on the surface.
0: Yeah. And that bottom loop, of- that loop, 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 monkey mind. Exactly.
1: That's right. And so we're bouncing around here all the time. Uh, bottom of the mind is that deep in a quiet, relaxed, at ease state of the mind. So most people spend most of their time up here and they've forgotten. They, they can't even remember. Lots of people can't even remember accessing this state. Um, and they certainly don't know how to access it, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and so the question is really the ultimate premise of meditation is how do we get the mind to go from here to there? That's what meditation's about. And most people make the mistake of thinking, oh, let me see if I can stop thinking and force my mind to stop thinking and uh, don't think about this and don't think about that. Uh, as soon as you try to stop the mind doing that it recoils against that experience and in fact it becomes even more active uh, and if you've ever tried to stop your mind thinking you'll know it can't be done don't think um, about the
0: pink elephant don't think about yeah, that's the right elephant. yeah <laughs> whatever you do
1: don't think about the pink elephant you know don't and don't think about thinking about the pink elephant and stop thinking about trying to stop thinking about trying to stop. you <laughs> send yourself mad so the question really is the simplicity of meditation is how do I get the mind to go from here to there. When the mind's bouncing around here, it's what I call conscious snorkeling. We're doing this all of the time. What we want to learn how to do is conscious scuba dive. This is where all the benefits of meditation come.
0: You know, I find it so hard when I'm getting back into my practice, and I came and saw you a few weeks ago to kind of fine tune my practice, is just stopping and sitting down for 20 minutes is a challenge, much less going into a meditative state. And one of yeah. the things that I liked about you recalibrating my practice was it doesn't all have to be 20 minutes of quality meditation. It, it, you don't take that pressure off yourself. It's not an action. It's not a goal.
1: That's right. And that's the mistake that people make. They go in and go, right, I've got to get my mind to here from here and I've got to drive it into that state. And again, no one can do that. And that's the mistake that people make is then they try and do that. It doesn't work. And they go, well, I can't meditate. And that's because they haven't really understood what meditation is and how to trigger that response. So now there are lots of apps around these days. And and people often say to me, you must hate those apps. And I say, no, I love those apps because at 3 o'clock in the morning when someone can't sleep, you know, they'll download something like Headspace or Calm or insight timer or smiling minds is wonderful for kids and you know for your listeners you know that that's a very good one and I'm a big fan of these actually they only turned up around five years ago I've been teaching for 20 years um, and these things only turned up about five years ago and what they'll do is give someone a starting point and they'll give them a give them a little taster of what might be possible and for that I think that's wonderful.
0: And they're almost like the mantra right because The mantra, which is key to Vedic meditation and transcendental meditation, which is what I learned, which is similar, um, those apps and those, you know, um, ASMR or uh, guided meditations, that kind of serves as the vehicle that's going to guide you down, and that's what a mantra is, right, a vehicle to help. Yeah,
1: that's right. And so, you know, what the the, um, guided meditations will do, If you, you know, go to a quiet room and lie down somewhere and, you know, get everything quiet and then let someone kind of take you through that, you know, if you spend enough time, maybe 45 minutes, you know, an hour or something, what generally happens is it'll take the mind from here and it'll move it over here. On that vertical plane so now we're not thinking about you know paying the bills and the kids and the work and the, we're thinking about you know the beautiful beach scene or the dolphins or the valley with you know we're thinking of something nice but actually we're still on this surface level yeah now if you do it for long enough then what you'll start to do is get this vertical movement you'll eventually start to get this now, that's where the benefit will actually
0: And come. that, for the people who are listening, not watching, is when you've sunk down to the lower yes. levels. Of- Sorry, I didn't
1: realise it was just an audit <laughs> audio. So when, when the mind goes from the service level and it will start to move through that vertical plane, you'll start to get a little bit of this. That's actually where the benefit comes. Now, where Vedic meditation is a little bit different is we use a mantra. Uh, a mantra is a manas, mind, tra vehicle mind vehicle that's what a mantra is so tra is where we get our english word truck from it's a mind truck it's wow. a vehicle for mind. no different from a, a a lift in a building is a vehicle designed to take us through the vertical plane of a building a mantra is a mind vehicle designed to take the mind through the vertical plane of consciousness so in vedic meditation uh, we take a mantra there what we specifically refer to as bija mantra Bija means a seed mantra. It has no meaning, it, and that's very important, actually. Ah, it's a sound. I,
0: I didn't know my seed mantra had no meaning. I thought it had some it's, profound Vedic meaning.
1: <laughs> it, it's a sound without meaning. In fact, that's why it works, because if it had a meaning, the mind would immediately start contemplating and thinking about the meaning, which would trap the mind on the surface level. Because it's a sound without meaning, has a very particular resonance or vibration to it that's intrinsically charming to the mind the mind is naturally drawn towards it and because it doesn't have a meaning the mind engages with it and what it will do is automatically slip or refine as it refines or slips it becomes more subtle therefore more charming therefore the mind becomes more interested therefore it engages and the mantra slips again and so all of a sudden that mantra starts taking the mind, it guides the mind, and it's no different from a, a sinker on the end of a fishing line. Uh, a sinker on the end of a fishing line is the orientating device. It's the device that takes the line to the bottom of the river or the ocean. And, and so Tim, that can
0: I ask you, um, you have to be given this mantra, right? So it's seeded by a teacher after That's you've right. learned the principles of it. And then how how do they choose this for you? And is everyone's mantra different?
1: Yeah. So there's in the tradition that I teach from. So I learned from my teacher Tom, who learned from Maharishi who learned from that gentleman there, Swami Brahmananda Saraswati, who learned from their teacher, who learned from their teacher. There's a set of mantras that have been passed down through the tradition. And uh and based on criteria, it's a very simple process, but someone gets fitted for a mantra. You you go to the shoe shop, you know, know, that little machine they've got that they go "Mm," like that and "Mm," like that They say, right, you're a size, you know, eight and a half F. Um, You get fitted for it. They go out the back, they get the shoe. At that point, it's got a standard element to it. But as soon as you put your foot into that shoe and start walking around, it starts moulding to the contours of your particular foot. So just like that, there's a set of mantras, a base set of about 18 mantras in our tradition, and based on some criteria, we select that mantra, it's very simple. And then we pass that on the three things. When I teach people to meditate, it's what I call teaching people how to ride the meditation bike. So when someone's learning to ride a bike, they need to be fitted for the right size bike. They need someone to hold the back of the bike while they get their balance and they need some incorrect instruction. Meditation is exactly the same. Correct mantra passed on correctly. With correct instruction, meditation is ridiculously simple. But we need to get those three things in place. And that's what I teach and the tradition that I've taught has been doing that for over 5,000 years. And that's why we we correct mantra passed on correctly with correct instruction, not complicated. If we don't get those three things in place, it can become a complete, and excuse the pun, but a minefield. Tell Um, me,
0: why do you do it twice? Why Uh, in Vedic meditation and TM, and um, do you talk about twice a day and when are the optimal times for those twice a day things to happen?
1: Look, again, the pressures of day-to-day life and the dynamics we're living in, we need more rest and relaxation to process our experience, but we don't have time. So that 20 minutes in the morning. um, And so what someone might do if they're an exerciser, they might hop up, exercise, shower, 20 minutes meditation, brekkie, something like that. Or if they're not exercising, hop up, jump in the shower, get sleep chemistry out of the brain, sit for 20 minutes, breaky into the day. Um, you know, for instance, uh, parents that have got little kids, they might get them up and into the day and off to school. I know a lot of parents that will drop the kids. You know, back in the old days when we dropped our kids at school, um, <laughs> um, right. you know, they'll then come back to the car, sit in the car and meditate. And that's what I love about our practice. You can do it in the car not while you're sitting at a set of red lights, but um, you know, you can do it in the car or on public transport. I know a lot of people that meditate on, you know, again back in the old days on the train to work or the bus to work, or they'd sit in the boardroom.
0: My um, dad and- always says that to me. He goes, you know, I'm so practiced at it that I can just start meditating right now. And he'll he can get into that alpha state, just like mid-conversation, close his eyes, set his body and say his mantra and and slip. Down because he's got those years, many many years of practice.
1: That's it. But a um, novice. I don't have. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen people within uh, the the week that I'm teaching, they'll start meditating on the bus, um, or on the train, or you know, quite comfortably. And that's the beauty of it. It's good. when we start to the mind starts to go into those deeper states. The mantra acts as the vehicle to gently take the mind in that direction. What happens is as the mind goes in, the body relaxes. We turn off all the adrenaline, noradrenaline, flight, fight chemistry, turn on the serotonin, dopamine, that deep, profoundly deep state of relaxation starts to come to the body. And there's two critical things in meditation. One, the mind settling into that deep state, the body relaxing, and the other one is the body gently processing or laundering the stress and tension out of the fabric of the nervous system. And meditation is about understanding that relationship between the mind and body. and and allowing those two things to happen because the mind wants to go deep and the body wants to put the garbage out. And there's actually this beautiful little dance between the two. And when you understand that and know how to engage with that willingly, that's when the magic of meditation starts to take place. And it's very simple, but we need the correct mantra. We need it passed on correctly with correct instruction. And the apps are a great place to start. And I'm getting a lot of people that have started there. They've engaged. They can see the benefits. And then what I do is take people into that next level.
0: Mm. But
1: they are a wonderful place to start. And I recommend Headspace, Calm, Inside Timer, Smiling Minds. They're the four that I recommend. If you want to get a start and take a first step, start there. And then, you know, as with all things, there's layers. There's grades in all things. And if we want to really establish a deep practice, then we need to get instruction. That's where the whole thing goes to next level. But these are a great place to start.
0: It's such a great explanation. I want to just finish up by going back to when I asked you to talk to us about the benefits of physiological aging, but I also want to go back to the benefits of Vedic meditation in dealing with the things that could potentially trip us up in the bigger disease play. So releasing old trauma, uh, old injury, um, and um, disease in the body. How does Vedic meditation work on the mental and possibly blocked out or or things that we've chosen to just ride roughshod over and and then catches up with you in the form of you know various other diseases and aging
1: look it's as simple as this Baha. you know uh, here when i'm sitting here now um i can see that that carpet in my uh, peripheral and i can see uh you know everything in front of me right like this full spectrum now if someone else was doing this to me it wasn't me but if someone started doing this now i've i've lost the carpet i've lost that doorway i've lost that like this and I'm going like this. Now I'm still attending to you and I don't really realise, but I've lost all that information. And now it's just kind of you and me, me and the computer or you and me like this. And we've all heard that term, oh, that person, they've got blinkers on. Mm -hmm. And this is what stress, tension and fatigue does. It trims our repertoire mentally, physically, emotionally. And, And as that happens, we miss and lose information back to that idea of the 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 hierarchy of needs in the nervous system yes and we can someone in that you know in that modality now I can either experience you or I can experience that part of the room but I've got to give up you in order to experience that then I've got to give up that to attend to you it's this exclusive experience this world that we're living in is accelerating our conscious constriction. We are being systematically compressed on a daily basis. It's trimming our mental, physical and emotional repertoire. Um, and that opens us up to uh, not the non-functionality of mentally, physically and emotionally, which is the basis of all lack of ease that will graduate into dis-ease unless we open that repertoire up again. What opens that repertoire up is deep rest and relaxation, uh, turning off the adrenals, getting out of the flight fight into stay and play. Interestingly enough, 75 to 80% of all cancer presents in the digestive system, the reproductive system, and the memory center of the brain. We're back to those three again. You and I are producing neoplasm right now. That's the basis of cancer. But when our repertoire is broad, neoplasm is on the hit list. And if that starts presenting in, you know, levels that are inappropriate, this magnificent immune system identifies it, goes in, eliminates it, and gets it out of the system. You know, consciousness constricts far enough, neoplasm falls off the list, and that thing goes round and round the body and goes unchecked. We've all had the experience where we've had a friend or someone we know and we've heard this story. You know, John, most wonderful person, so giving all of this and he wasn't feeling well one day, went and had a check, and now he's got stage four cancer. How the hell did that happen? How did he not know that that was going on in his body? And it's no different from me sitting here with that I cannot see that fist if he's not in my awareness. As soon as I do this, it's in my awareness, and I'm going to address it. We've got to, this is the challenge in this day and age, we've got to work out how to open our conscious repertoire at a greater rate than it's been compressed. That's the challenge of this age. And, and this you is know, what
0: if if you've not been convinced that meditation is for you, this is, you know, I, I love once again that you know you've you've spoken to the science of it, the physiological, the emotional, the neurological uh, benefits of having some form of meditation practice as part of the pillars of vitality, rejuvenation, and wellness. You just
1: absolutely. have to. do. You just have yeah. to. Um, it's the inside out. It's you know that's we, we've got to come inside out. We've got to come from the inside out and the outside in, you know, and that's good food and, you know, and nourishing the skin and the body from the outside in. That's the outside work. And there's a lot of, you know, we've really researched that and, and Western science is very much about that. We've, we add on that inside out and that's where the magic happens. You get that inside out, meeting the outside in, put those together. What can happen out of that is just absolutely extraordinary.
0: Well, it's wonderful to sit here with my friend from primary school. You know, if I close my eyes, I can actually see you in the front row of our school photo being taken. I, I can I actually visualise you, and I think that that's, you know, that's another incredible thing about uh, memory. And you know what, you know, if you close your eyes, you can actually transport yourself and be right back there. And it's it's such an honour and a pleasure to host you on today's episode to talk about, your, you know, your journey and what you've been able to teach so many people. And I'm really glad, selfishly for me, that you have reminded me what a powerful tool meditation is in my own journey and, you know, to pass that on to my daughter but and also to everyone who's listening and watching today. Thank you so much, Tim. It's such a joy.
1: Yeah, a real pleasure, Baha. And um, I think I had a lot more hair in that photograph than I <laughs> that <laughs> i that I do now um uh, but I remember those days too and you were such a an incredible young woman even age 10 11 I remember the strength of your feminine and uh, you were a real powerhouse aged 11 <laughs> uh, and, and I was just a shy little kind of white-haired boy and you were quite intimidating to me uh, aged 11 12 but it's um I remember you very fondly and remembering how clear you were about who you were and what you were doing uh, as as a young woman it's great to see that translate into your womanhood and and the wonderful work that you're doing and it's it is such a joy to sit here all these years later and and share this experience together.
0: I look forward to having you back on the show I feel like there's so much more we can unpack and um, I'm excited to invite everyone who's listening to this to to consider um, adding meditation into their ageless ritual. Yeah wonderful.
1: Great. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Baha.
0: Thank you so much. Lovely to see you. Bye for now. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy. Reignite your relationship course. Love your relationship, but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.